Welcome to episode 13 of Informed Aging, a podcast about health, help, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree. I spent six years as a family caregiver and now work in the senior care industry with Senior Helpers, a company providing in-home care to residents of Central Florida. With me is my co-host, Edith Gendron. She's the Chief of Operations for the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, a positive approach to care certified trainer and consultant, and a former family caregiver with over 20 years of experience in the industry. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to us, not our wonderful employers and sponsors. If you want to get mad, get mad at us and not at them. And before making any significant changes in you or your person's life, please consult your own experts. Today, we're going to talk about senior scams, what they are, how to prevent them, and if you're scammed, what to do. Our guest is cyber safety expert Mark Batchelor. We'll be right back with him after this short message. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center has served as a Central Florida-based, grassroots, nonprofit, and community resource center dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia-related illness. The ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skill, and strategies through a variety of programs to help them confidentially prepare for the challenges that lie ahead. To learn more, visit their website at adrccares.org. That's adrccares.org. Our guest today, Mark Batchelor, a cyber safety expert. Mark, there's a lot going on in the cyber world with cyber world with our seniors. It really is. Um, you know, we tend to think of cyber problems and cyber attacks as as a big picture thing, but yeah. really, it's personal and it impacts people on a on a really personal level. Especially if you're looking after somebody as a caregiver, uh, because there's a lot there that that can go wrong. Yeah, and I was reading that um, former FBI Director William Webster and his wife were the targets of a scam in 2014. So if you're good enough to fool somebody who's a director at the FBI, I mean, it's not just, I guess we want to think it's a simpleton, right, that gets scammed, but that is not the case at all. That's not the case. It's almost everybody. Um, Wow. Because these scams can get very sophisticated in the way that they approach people and the psychology they use to make people make decisions, uh, mostly based on emotion or fear. Mm. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's the case. And sometimes you can be scammed without even knowing it or, or you know, cyber attack without even knowing it. You know, your credit information can be taken from, uh, you know, a, a database somewhere and, and you might not know for months. Wow. And, and that also impacts your life directly. Okay. So I know one that we all are familiar with is the, the robocalls. Yeah. So, if somebody actually listens to that after they hear car warranty <laughs> and, and they're still tuned in, like how, how does that scam work? Um, well, there have been scam calls since probably the invention of the telephone, right. but now it is just so much um, more present in our lives because of automatic dialers. They can send out hundreds and thousands of calls in, in short time, and all they need is a very small fraction of people. To, to engage with that. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, many people do engage uh, just by picking up the phone. If sometimes when that happens, they know that that line is live and that's a potential customer or victim. 
Um, oh. The best thing to do, obviously, we talk about, and I'm sure we'll, we'll cover, is not answering the phone because if it's important, they're going to leave a message. They're going to let you know that they're, they're trying to get you, and then you can just call them back. Um, but unfortunately, these robocallers, um, they do work on things like fear. Yeah, I get the extended warranty all the time, and that's not mm-hmm. really a, a pressure point emotionally for me. Right. But, but there are scam calls that, that prey on people's um, love for their family and people's uh, fear of um, doing something wrong or maybe going to jail or being penalized for something. Okay, so the advice we give to our seniors is don't pick up the phone? Right. Nowadays, you know, even with caller ID, you you would be tempted to pick up the call, but these scammers can make that call look like it's coming from anywhere. Mm. Uh, can make it look like it's coming from your bank and it has the correct number. Can make it look like you're coming from a family. And the one I don't understand is that sometimes I get calls that come from my number. Yep. I don't I know what them. the end game yep. is there. Um, I'm sure somebody does. Curiosity? Yeah. I'm, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but now we live in a in a world of voicemails and emails and texts and, and all that stuff, there's no reason to pick up your phone for something unfamiliar um, and to just egg that on and engage. And I think that's tough for seniors to do. Very tough. As I right. was talking with, with Mark before we started, we cannot beg, plead, or pay my mother-in-law to not answer that phone. She just, it's, yeah. it's ingrained. One of the things that we used to do is to blow a whistle into the phone when somebody wouldn't <laughs> keep calling. Um, useless? I, I hadn't heard that before, but... Oh, good. it's hear. old. That's an old... <laughs> well, so many of these are automated now that it, it's hard to say. Right. But I, I, I think it's, it's interesting you said ingrained because, you know, even when I grew up, you didn't know who was on the other end of the line and, and you mm-hmm. needed to pick up. And that's something. And then we're also dealing with people who are socially isolated a lot of times. Um, and so that further temptation to pick up that phone and, and want to make a connection with someone. And as I said, mm. she truly enjoys the argument. You know, she <laughs> has gotten more than once the, hey, Grandma, I need your help, right? Oh. right. Um, and fortunately for her, she keeps in very close touch with her grandchildren. But as I was saying to Mark earlier, when she argues, she's giving them more usable information. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Well, I know you're not my granddaughter, Kayla, because she's in New York working at, you know, ba ba It's like, Oh, not, not, yeah. Not a good idea. <laughs> now they're going to call back and say they've kidnapped sure, her in New York. Sure, 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 okay. or exactly. what have you. Yeah. I heard a, a, actually a great idea coming in today where there's a family password. So everybody in the family mm. knows it. So if somebody is calling going, oh, we've kidnapped your granddaughter, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to need the password so I know that it's actually her. So that's one of the better creative things I've heard of yeah. to, to help that. But what are some other things? I mean, do you put a... A warning on the phone next to grandma or? That's the thing. Um, there's a, there is a great website out there called scamspotter.org okay. and it goes through some of those steps, uh, one of which being slow down a little bit. Um, don't make a decision based on emotion or, or quickly because like you said, the grandparent scams, your granddaughter's in trouble and, and she needs help whether she's in jail or in the hospital. Um, our instinct is to ha- want to help somebody we love. And so we want to make that decision really quickly. But slow it down and say, wait a minute, maybe I should check with my granddaughter's mother or, or whoever um, to make sure that everything is as it seems. Another thing is if it sounds fishy, it probably is. You know? Okay. Uh, and, and stop, don't send. You don't have to send something just because somebody tells you to, especially if they're calling from the bank or from the IRS or Social Security 
offices, those government offices never going to call you. Um, but the best thing to do if you you think there might be something there, because there's always that that, that mm-hmm. doubt, is hang up and call the number on the back of your statement or the back of your bank card. Um, that way you know you're dialing it directly. And if it is a scam, they're going to be happy to tell you and glad that you reported it. And it's going to probably save you some money. Okay. Yeah. So that's the, the telephone scam. We Those also are... have email. Email oh. scams. Yeah. So, Edith's eyes are rolling <laughs> all the way they're, back. They're going to stick in the back of my head. They're roll, uh, email every day. Every, every single day. day I get them. Every day. So what should our seniors be looking for for the emails? Email, there's, they're getting trickier and trickier, though. Always look for misspellings okay. um, that's, or, or odd grammar. That sounds, um, you know, off English or, or, or stilted. Sometimes that's by design, which I think is really interesting. Oh. Um, because if we see that right away and we, we're going to just, you know, delete it, click it out. But if people aren't paying attention and they kind of read more um, and then decide to engage, those are the people they want. Like I said, mm-hmm. they can send out millions of emails. So they don't want you and me who look at it and say, ah, oh, no, forget it. Uh, they want the person who has either a little bit of doubt in their head, a little suspicion, mm-hmm. or a little bit of like, I'm not paying attention because I'm so busy with everything else in my life. And I automatically hit respond or yeah. clicked on what I shouldn't have. And they'll look really uh, official. They'll look like yeah. they come from, not picking on any companies, they look like they come from Amazon or from mm-hmm. FedEx or something like that. What you should do is take your little mouse and hover over the button that they want you to click on or the address that they want you to go mm-hmm. to. And on the bottom of your screen, if you're using a computer, it'll tell you where that button actually directs. And a lot of times it'll, it won't be Amazon or FedEx. It will be something you don't recognize or spelt similar enough that uh, it's harder to catch, unfortunately. Uh, and they just want you to make that impulse click. And it happens with text too. Have you, get in the te- have you mm. gotten a text to yeah. say yeah. you have a package tracking? Yes, yeah, FedEx. Uh, and and you know, your curiosity is like, <laughs> sure. oh, a package, I love a package. Uh, so you want to click on that, but don't. You can always call FedEx and, and give them information if, if you have it or, or if you think you're expecting something. But if you're not expecting something, more likely than not, it's a scam. Same thing with um, the end of the month, I always get something. Thank you for paying your AT&T bill. Here's a little gift for you. Mm. Yeah, I like a gift, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to click on it because this is. They're, they're preying on your your sense of yeah, wanting something. I do something love a gift. Or, right, that's, that's I a get, hard yeah. one. I do. I get them for Direct TV. Thank you. And I mm-hmm. don't have and have never had Direct TV, so I find oh. that particularly interesting. But I tend to also look in the address bar of the email and right. check that email address. Right, and if it's Almost long always. Yeah, odd. you can you can immediately go, okay, Gmail's a dead giveaway, right? right. <laughs> but yeah. 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 yeah, Best Buy is not going to email you from their their Yahoo account. <laughs> right, right, right. Or something you don't recognize. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so we've done phone, email, text. Does anybody send a letter scam anymore? Those still exist. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that Nigerian prince is still out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Wow. She and, uh, needs help so badly. Yes. Poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that my mother-in-law almost got caught with, speaking of computers, mm-hmm. the email computers, she was, as she puts it, on the computer. She was on the internet. And a window popped up. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing, mm-hmm. but it was one of those scams where, oh, my gosh, your 
uh, computer is in dire straits. You need me, let me in to clean it. And it looked very legitimate to her. And she got pretty far into that process before she got scared and shut it off and called us. And we went right over, you know, and, and did some things to clean up and make sure that she hadn't unleashed some sort of malware. But it's like, no, no. And it was so real to her. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, and Robin and I, I know we both think that way, and you too, Mark. It's you have to be careful about saying, oh, my gosh, you know, what were you thinking? Don't do that again because that's so rude. Yes. You know, these are very sophisticated people. I was talking earlier. Um, my nephew-in-law, a young man, thank mm. you very much, on his way to buy those gift mm-hmm. cards that they always done you for when the light came on. You know, uh. and my, my niece, who is an attorney, still teases him mercil- mercilessly over it. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It really, really is. Right. And I was reading that part of the reason seniors won't report this to their family is they're afraid of their financial decisions being taken away like that. So yeah. you do have to use some kindness with, with mom or dad or whoever the person is and say, listen, it's tricky. Um, anybody can fall for this, but now we need to correct the situation. And how do we correct that situation is what we're going to talk about right after this message. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care, the Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, Senior Helpers Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. And we're back with cyber safety expert Mark Batchelor. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for hosting me. Sure. Now, we've talked about all these scams that are out there, but what do you do once you realize you've been scammed or mom and dad have been scammed? There, there are a few steps you can take. Edith, you had mentioned gift cards, and that's I want to go back to that real mm-hmm. quick because gift cards are always a red flag. You know, gift cards are for giving us a gift or buying yourself something nice, it's never for paying a bill or for paying ransom (laughs) or whatever else the scammers uh, say of you. Um, Because once you spend that money, money's going to be spent immediately um, and you're not going to get that back. So in that case, there's really not a lot you can do with the gift cards. Mm -hmm. Uh, And same thing with wire transfers. It takes a while. If you don't report that immediately and somebody gets on it, you're going to lose that money from a wire transfer. So first step is a little prevention there. If you're mm-hmm. going to pay something, make sure it's traceable like a check. Don't pay cash for, for things that seem a little off. But if you, you do find yourself in a, in a position where you were scammed, there are great resources out there. We were talking before the show about the FTC. Um, you can report things there. You can report to the Better Business Bureau. Okay. Uh, and then the FBI has an arm called the IC3. So ic3.gov, you can report any kind of online scam there uh, or any kind of online crime. It's called the Internet Crime Complaint Center. Uh, and what they do is they take as much information as you have and add it to their, their files. Sometimes, a lot of times with bigger cases, that they'll, they'll be more actionable. But even if you don't have much, even if you just have a sliver of information, mm-hmm. it's good to report it. Because then they know they have something to work with. They have a crumb and they can probably connect it. And this has been done many times to another case in another part of the country with similar uh, elements to it. And so once they put that case together, they can build 
case. And if it's gotcha. across state lines, then then they got a bigger case going on, uh, which is great. And another great reason to report is just so we know the scope of the problem. Mm-hmm. Really, the FTC estimates, you know, I think they had over 400,000 reports last year, but that's only a fraction of what's out there because you think about it, we talk about all these people who we know that that were scammed or almost scammed. Uh, how many of them thought to report it and then thought to report it to the FTC? Mm. So the actual number is like in the, in the millions of people out there. So it, again, there's no shame in being scammed or almost being scammed because it does happen. And we need to break that stigma. Yes. Like you said, you know, you don't want, uh, especially our, our older citizens, feeling that shame of doing that. We find that with romance scams especially. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, because um, if if they do feel ashamed, then they're not going to talk about it, and then they're not going to get the help that they need, uh, and so no restitution is ever going to come. Unfortunately. All right. So talk to me, and and I know this will break my heart, but about the romance scams because we didn't talk on that earlier. They are heartbreaking. Um, they, well, it's it's exactly what it sounds. It's it's uh, somebody pretending to be romantically involved romantically interested in somebody for the purposes of getting something, whether it's information, mostly money, sometimes green cards, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find these people online, not just dating sites, but also like Facebook and Instagram, things like that. Because think about we're on those sites because we want to already meet somebody who we don't know right. oftentimes. And our defenses are down because we're, we've opened ourselves up to communicating in, in that way. Uh, and then they do what's called social engineering, which is Edith kind of touched on with giving away too much information about your, your granddaughter. So if you're on Facebook and you're talking about, you know, I like Labradoodles at some point, somebody's going to find that information and or see like where you grew up and say, oh, you know what? I'm also a Labradoodle fan and mm. we have so much in common, this and that. And, and they engineer their way into your heart. Uh, and then what they'll do is they'll take, take it offline, offsite. I'll say, okay. do you want to text person to person? Uh, that way they're, they're removing the guard rails. So, oh. you know, if you're on Facebook or Match.com or whoever, their staff can't see what's going on and, and can't prevent this. And the people in your life, in your social circles, they right. can't then say, hey, that looks fishy. Why, why are you doing that? Uh, they do that and then they'll profess their love quickly because – they, they want to get in there, burrow their, their way into your life. Right. And, you know, what we see is this really breaks up relationships with friends and family because a lot of times the heart wants what the heart wants mm-hmm. and they don't want to be told otherwise. Right. Um, so that's one repercussion of that. Then there's the loss of money. Um, I was working with a support group for survivors of romance scams. And, you know, we've seen reports of people who lost property, 401ks, and then on top of that, you're paying the tax on 401k that you took oh. out. I mean, that's a double whammy for somebody. Yeah. And, and their life savings, you know, um, because people take this little by little. They'll profess their love and say, oh, I want to come visit you, um, but I work on an oil rig or I work out stationed overseas or something. Uh, can you send me money to come get you, come mm. see you? And then, you know, you'll send money. You'll send a little bit more. Oh, my daughter needs a surgery. And they'll send a little bit more money and then cancel their plans to come see you. Oh, sorry. You can't. And they'll do this as long as they can for, for a very long time. I don't like those people at all. And they're also um, in groups. I, I know someone personally who was a young widow. And so she joined a widows, mm. widows and widowers support group. And that very thing happened to her. 
she did manage to get some of what she lost back, but it was life insurance money. Right. And it, her, the person that she had been married to that died had been in the military, so there were a lot of benefits, a lot of things there. Right. So, yeah, and that's in some ways just you're vulnerable, mm-hmm. you think you're in love, and you think they care about you, and then, no, they really just wanted whatever right. it is they were after. Yeah. So I know the impulse would be, let's say, mom is being love-bombed, as we say, you know, getting getting the roses, and right. she's floating on air. The practical part of your brain was to say, mom, mom, this isn't real, but that's not going to be heard by her heart. What do you suggest right. saying? Patience, for one, um, and repetition, and openness, no judgmental okay. talk, no That's no nasty talk. It is hard, <laughs> but because what we're talking about, how, how people find themselves in that situation is really pr- private. And it's very, you know, sad sometimes, you know, if it, you're trying to fill a hole from the death of a loved one. So you want to be kind of empathetic to the situation. And it's going to take a long time because mm-hmm. they don't want to hear it. And they might not want to hear it from you. It might take an outside stranger to tell them before they start listening with what's happening. But on top of the, the financial repercussions, we've seen, you know, that shame spiral into suicidal ideation uh. and into substance abuse issues, things like that. So it's it's being there for the person even when it's, they act like they don't want you to be there for them. Right. Um, because they need that support system to, to extricate themselves from that okay, situation. So, so don't stop talking to mom because she's in love with... Right. Whoever she's in love with, you've got to stay in the picture. Yeah, because it's it's almost the tactics they use are like similar to those of domestic abusers. Mm-hmm. They they manipulate your time. Um, they manipulate you emotionally. They try to isolate you from your family. And that's that's the point. You know, mm. Once you, you say, oh, there's no talking to this person, I, I'm going to step away. <laughs> that's what they want. So they have more control over their victim. And it's, it's a shame to see and, and a shame to, to hear the stories about. It's also fraught with emotional complications, you know, yeah. suicidal ideation, su- suicidal re- actuality. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that, it comes back to, again, we keep talking to mom, but be sure we aren't saying or implying anything like you're not worthy of being loved. Right. Or, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what you're going to get back in part. Right. What? Don't you think just because I'm old, somebody wouldn't love me? You know, that's something that we have to all, that's part of this baggage is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so there's no easy answer, but do you recommend, um, if you're the caregiver, putting those alerts on credit cards and checking accounts? Yeah, even even for yourself. Okay. Um, I have a, you can do your credit, you can do a credit freeze and a credit lock. Right. They're the same thing. You can't use the credit unless you, you undo it. But one of the, I think the lock, uh, you can do with an app and just kind of turn it on and off. But yeah, if you, you know, especially if you're, you're um, older in age and you already have your home and your car and stuff like that. Uh, you probably don't need your credit for, mm-hmm. for a while for anything big. Uh, so freeze it up. And most credit card companies and most, well, yeah, most credit card companies and, and, and other organizations will now monitor your credit for free. Sometimes you're in a company will do that. Okay. Um, the, the three credit reporting agencies offer some, some way of doing that. And they'll look for your information, you know, on the the dark web, all types of places. It's always good to have, and it's good business for, for right. these companies to do so because the 
if their <laughs> customers lose their money, then they lose their right. credit and, and it's just no reason for them to, to do that. Yeah. And I do hope that um, like the wire transfer places are doing some training to look for someone who's doing a large amount of money and doesn't seem to make sense. Yes. And, and, and financial institutions as well. I've talked to some banking organizations. <laughs> they do great in training their people in the field nice. to, to identify these things. If, if the regular customer um, suddenly making odd withdrawals or things out of the ordinary, they, they can spot that and, and they have people that know how to talk to them in that language. I What I'd love to see is more retail companies mm. do this because I've walked into some of the bigger, I won't say any stores, but right. some of the bigger stores and people are buying massive amounts of gift cards. Uh. Um, and this is why, you know, yeah, you need to be able to identify that. And, you know, I don't expect the, the cashier to... Right. Inter- have an intervention, but you know maybe there's some something that can be done, just in terms of of identifying the, the problem. Well, a kind of a depressing topic, but um, there is help out there. Is, there is. Uh, consumer.gov is that a good website? Yes. Okay. Yes. And Where look else for those you- .govs because we know those are are uh, legitimate. Yeah. The FTC is great. Um, uh, fightcybercrime.org is a good site. Okay. They'll tell you exactly um, what to do to report. Because there are, uh, uh, like I said, there are a lot of great organizations. There's the Better Business Bureau. There's the, the FCC, the FTC, the <laughs> Bank of America, whoever. All of these places are, are there and ready to help you. But if you don't know the first place to call um, or if you wait on hold and you get somebody and tell you you called the wrong place or the wrong division, that's going to frustrate somebody and, and discourage them from following through. So it's great to have like a database of those. And that's what right. Cybercrime does, which is which is excellent to have. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, Thank you. hopefully we'll remember to have compassion for those. And uh, hopefully we won't be tricked ourselves. But I certainly have heard a trick or two that might work on me. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for coming in. Um, please make sure to subscribe to our podcast, Informed Aging. Tell your family and friends about us on Instagram and Twitter. We're informed underscore aging. And then Facebook.com slash informed aging you can reach us by email informed aging podcast at gmail.com today's episode was recorded at digital broadcasting's podcast studio that's it for now we're looking forward to our next visit